Welcome to the Impact Nations podcast. My name is Tim. I am your host. And today I am joined by my good friends, Jeff and Sue Walker, who are coming to us from the other side of the planet. Uh, Usually when I say other side of the planet, I'm thinking just lateral, but this time I'm thinking longitude too. You're down at the bottom. You're coming to us from Sydney, Australia. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. No, good afternoon. So you're already messing it up. (laughs) (laughs) Which one of us is right? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I can Um, tell you what your tomorrow is going to look like, Tim. Oh, perfect. I I hope it's beautiful. If it, well, if it was Sydney, then it would be. I'm sure it's always beautiful there. Um, Always. So just for those who don't know Jeff and Sue, um, they are our uh, founders and establishers of Impact Nations Australia, which is uh, our registered charity in, you guessed it, Australia. Uh, and uh, Sue is also on the international board for Impact Nations and heads up uh, our entire intercession uh, department that's all over the world, people praying for Impact Nations. And she uh, does some amazing work in uh, preparing intercession for our journeys of compassion and stuff. Uh, and Jeff, uh, in addition to heading up Impact Nations Australia, uh, his specialty is uh, clean water and doing the water filtration and stuff um, and really focuses uh, a lot of his energy on the Philippines. So we're going to talk about all those things and more, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but I wondered, guys, if if you could just spend a few minutes just helping our listeners get to know you a little bit. Uh, one of the questions I've been asking our guests is, could you just tell us our testimony and, or your testimony and how you came to saving faith in Christ? And I'll let you guys fight over who gets to go first on that. The lady's always first. I've oh, always been what a, a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff and I are both actually from New Zealand originally, and we came to Australia when we were about 30 and, and, and started, you know, living here, which has been great. At that time, we weren't Christians. Um, we didn't know the Lord. I'd grown up in a, Christ, you know, in a going to church Sunday school. I had all that. But we were a bit rebellious in our teenage years, and, and there was a few things that happened in our life that we won't talk about. You, but... need, you need to speak on your behalf on that being rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway... Long, long, long story short, we we couldn't have children, and it was pretty pretty tough on us. And um, and we were married ten years before I became pregnant with Amy. And after I became pregnant, I found out that there's these women that have been praying for me that um, I didn't know. They've been praying for a year. I worked with one of the ladies, and this group of ladies have been praying and praying for us for a baby. And something in that just impacted my spirit. And so, you know, I thought that my past had precluded me from the kingdom because I'd grown up in a very judgmental Christian um, community that, you know, once you you were a sinner, you were always a sinner kind of thing. And this lady was able to explain to me that, no, you know, Jesus, there was nothing that that Jesus couldn't forgive. And so that began my journey. I gave my life to the Lord Well, at that time. Amy's 33 now, so I've had 33 amazing years of knowing the Lord and growing in the Lord. And part of that growing in the Lord was it was quite a challenge when I became a Christian and Jeff wasn't, and he wasn't really very happy about it. And so we 
um, it was something I couldn't talk about at home. I could go to church, but that was it. You know, there was nothing. It wasn't going to interfere with our lives, so to speak. And so I began a journey of prayer. And so I began a journey of nearly 12 years of praying. And that's how I've learned so much about prayer because I learned about fasting. I learned about um, praying in tongues. I learned about um, prayer strategies of finding, um, asking the Lord for strategic ways to pray for somebody. Of Did learning you have about somebody how- discipling you in that or were you just kind of seeking the Lord and figuring it out as you went? Well, I had I had I had two very good friends along the way that discipled me that were strong Christian women, and they um, had a lot of input. But most of it was my my journey with the Lord because, you know, when you're really desperate for something, you'll you'll look for something. And I think that was it was desperation. I just thought we can't we can't live this life not being one as a family. And um, my children. Um, I took them to church, Sunday school church and everything, and they they both became to faith in the Lord. And I think the thing was that they started to learn to pray as well. I mean, that was part of their prayer journey then was praying for their dad. And so as a family, well, as the mum and kids part of the family, we really were on this journey of prayer. And Jeff didn't realise that his life was in And I just, we just watched his life change. Hmm. We just watched him come into that place um eventually of coming to faith and it was quite fun when when um he came to the lord we were at a at a, at a young adults camp where i was doing the intercession and jeff was doing security and um the girls were there and they were in you know, a kids program and when we told the girls you know that jeff had become a christian a youngest one threw herself in the bed burst into tears and said now we're a real christian family Aww. <laughs> it was so sweet, but it's just, and I think in that time was where my journey of prayer came from. Hmm. And it was really strange, actually, after that happened, because I thought, what do I pray for now? <laughs> I didn't have this project. <laughs> I got everything I always wanted. What's left? <laughs> so, being the so project. That, and that basically gives you just testimony well, exactly. as well, because uh, yeah. he didn't have a chance. No. <laughs> Yeah. So, what was that like from your perspective, Jeff? When before you were a believer in that in that in between time, what was life like? Yeah, a bit different. Um, the in between time, um, but I could see, you know, see what things were happening around me and stuff like that. And um, slowly, I mean, I became as I said I became impacted at this at, at this camp, but it was just. Um, it was just amazing to see what was happening around with the young adults and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah. So, but I, I it was a three pronged attack against me. I mean, hey, what, <laughs> I had no how, chance. <laughs> how, how can anybody survive that? <laughs> it's interesting. So, no, it, um, it sounds to me like you. I mean, there was certainly a decision point, but really it had been kind of a gradual process up to that, like where you were just, it sounds like you were becoming more and more familiar with the gospel and stuff over time and just, you know, accepted that kind of one piece at a time. Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's probably that right. One, one, probably one of the, a main thing was um, Sue's, a lot of Sue's friends weren't my friends because um, of the, um, of church and whatever. But I started to realize they're actually real people and not these people with three heads um, yeah. and stuff like that. And that, um, and then, you know, we're, we're, uh, 
we're still good friends with the um, majority of them now. So uh, that's, yeah. Um, but yeah, they also had to accept me, which was probably a bit of a bit of a problem for them. But <laughs> they came around. <laughs> so, were you um, were you ever resistant? Like, like, did you ever just tell them back off? I've heard enough. I don't. I'm not interested. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I went with my I went with my group, and Sue went with her group. And, uh, yeah. No, the never the twain shall meet. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened after you made that decision? Life must have changed significantly because suddenly your your circle of friends would have changed a bit. Well, they did. They did. I still, you know, I still had my, um, I've still got my friends who are non-believers and stuff like that. They don't, um, they don't think I've changed. I mean, it, it hasn't affected them, which is cool. That you know, and I and. So, so that's all right. Um, but yeah, no, no. Um, uh, interesting to know the to find the comments that were um, sort of uh, that people had once I changed my thinking and, and and you know became a Christian and stuff like that. That was that was interesting. But um, yeah, no, no, it did it. Uh, it changed, changed, it changed a lot of stuff in in our business because we just started our business. Um, and that was a big step at the age of coming up to 50 to start yourself in a business on your own with just your wife. And um, there was a lot of things that happened that I think in, I don't call it real life, but I think that um, wouldn't have happened um, in, in, you know, in, in other businesses and stuff like that. And, and, and that was cool because um, we just let it happen. I mean, yes, I had to go out and market and stuff like that, which I said I was going to market one, once, a, once a month. Once a month I was going to go out marketing. I marketed once, one time. That's all I did. I haven't wow. marketed since then, just once. Wow. And that business has been going for 20 years. So That's amazing. What do you attribute that to? Oh, I think a, a lot of my principles in, in relation to God and, and, and stuff. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it's that. A lot, of prayer. a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, support from them. That you sounds know, like we, cheating, we, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sue and I work very well together. I, I, I make the decisions and she changes them, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> but that's, yeah. that works well. You know, yeah, I earn the money and who gets it. So. <laughs> so you guys have been working side by side for a long time then, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So How does that fun. affect your marriage? Do you guys do you have to have boundaries like okay, we're going to talk about work in this time period, but then after this time we we can't talk about work like or is it blurry lines? How does that work? No, we just we just do life. Hmm. Life includes our business, it includes church, it includes impact nations, it includes everything we do. So we just we just do life. We don't have a time when we don't talk, you know, we haven't got those boundaries because we don't seem to need them. Hmm. We seem to be able to cross over from one thing to another quite comfortably and not and not stress about it. If Jeff needs to talk about something about his work, then he needs to talk about it. So I need to be there to listen to him. And the same, if I need to talk about something, particularly, um, you know, I mean, we're both together now and what we're doing in Impact Nations, but he's been yeah. great. I've been doing it for 10 years now, and he's been a great support to me. You know, he's hmm. been a great listening ear whenever I need, whenever I need to talk. And he could be in the middle of a big, you know, tender 
for work and he'll stop and listen and the same the same with me it's just the way we've we've functioned always functioned together is being available to each other whenever we need each other yeah yeah good so so how did you get involved with impact nations 10 years ago how did that happen well we were setting up healing rooms in australia and Mm. bob brassay was coming over to do a conference for us to start our healing rooms and he knew this guy steve stewart knew that he was doing healing rooms in canada and said i'm just bringing someone with us with me never told us that he was the head of healing rooms in canada or anything until we Mm. got there and we found out so it was great it was great for us steve was able to help us with with training we'd already had some training but he you know supplemented our training and he and he became a really good friend to us in Healing Rooms Australia. And so he kept coming every year. And over that time, he started to develop um, Impact Nations. And so a number of our people um, went on trips with him, including our daughter, Amy. She went off on this trip to Thailand. I mean, I was sending her. I wasn't going. Hmm. I was not going. I would send I would send Amy. Choking the choking lamb. You know, like put my daughter to do what I wasn't prepared to do myself. And I absolutely had no plans on doing trips. Steve would always say, when are you coming out to play? And I was, oh, I'm praying about it. It's a really good, it's a really good Christian answer. I'm praying about it. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. You can, you can delay for a long time with prayer. Yeah. <laughs> but, but eventually God caught up on me and I went, I went to my first two trips to the Philippines. And after the second trip to the Philippines, was the time of the Haiti earthquake. And Steve mm. said, Do you want to come do you want to come to Haiti when we're in Philippines? And I just said no. There was, was no there was no question I wasn't going to Haiti. No. I didn't know you could actually say no to him. That's impressive. Well, You'll have to teach well, me about that later. <laughs> well actually you can't. Oh it didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't work. A few months later he, he called me and you know God really set me up. It was a big the biggest setup, you know this whole thing way back saying I'll pray about it, you know, caught up with me because God set me up big time. And it was, it's, I think it was fun. I'm at my sister's place in New Zealand. I'm reading a book by the, uh, about William Booth, you know, the start of the Salvation Army. And it's mm-hmm. what is, and on the floor, I'm just reading the thing down the cover, you know, the book. And it says, what is your response to the poor? And I'm reading that as my mobile phone rings and it's Steve on the phone saying, Will you come to Haiti and lead the intercession for us? Because he has a way of asking you those things. Indeed. So I, I gave him my my response, which was, um, I'll pray about it. So I went to the Lord, and he gave me three questions. One was I needed to have, Jeff needed to say yes. I needed to have someone I could travel with from Australia, and I needed to um, be able to get on the same flight as him. So I thought... One of these isn't going to work. So I contacted Jeff and, and the text came back immediately, you know, because I asked him to pray about it. But he came back immediately and he said, no, you need to go. Second question. So she got that one wrong. Yeah. So I, <laughs> he didn't help me at all in that one. The, second, the next one was I contacted, I, I'd met Ray Carter in a suburb of Sydney that he doesn't normally go to and I don't normally go to some weeks earlier. And he had said he was thinking about Haiti, but he didn't think he would go, but he was thinking about it. And, you know, God just made that little meeting happen. 
So yeah. I contacted Ray and I said, are you going to go to, are you going to Haiti? And he said, yes, I am. And here's my flight details. So I then, wow. and it's not easy. I was going to a place called Invercargill in New Zealand, which is really small. And to find somewhere that could book me a flight out of Australia, because this was, internet wasn't so good back then. And I couldn't, I tried, you know, at an internet cafe and it didn't work. So I found this travel agent and they said, yes, we can get you on that flight. The next thing I'm booked and I'm going. So when you say I'm going to, I'm, I'm praying about something, you know, five years earlier. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it all just lined up. Yeah, God puts a plan in place. And yeah. so it was after that that Steve asked me to um, head up the intercession for impact nations. And so I then prayed about it for about six months. And, you know, because I considered it, because to me it was a real, it wasn't all, oh, this is exciting. This is actually something that's, you know, you're going to lay down your life for. And yeah. you have to do something like this. And so that was the choice. And, um, and so that's, that's how I ended up being pre-coordinator for Impact Nations Australia. Was that a wow. nice short answer? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so I love stories. It's awesome. So, yeah. so Jeff, she's taking off to different parts of the world, and and what did you think about that? I mean, were you excited or were you terrified about where she was going, or what? I, I wasn't terrified about where she was going. Um, uh, we were able to we were able to keep in contact in in all the places the only place that we didn't two places we she did go and we didn't keep in contact and one was many many years ago when she went to mexico um and the only reason i knew she was okay was that she'd used a credit card at walmart um <laughs> so either she's fine or she's been mugged it could go either that's way right. so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and the second time was in the Philippines when we didn't know what was going on. And um, um, my daughter said, I've been told to show you this picture on Facebook, which I didn't know what Facebook was. And it was Sue sitting around this uh, camp with all these guards and <laughs> army people and everything. I went, yeah, right, we'll be. So, but oh apart from that, no, um, haven't, haven't had to worry about stuff or anything like that. I, yeah. I know that. With Impact Nations, they they do look after they look after their people on on these journeys, and and that's paramount. And I, I think that is great um, that that's in place wherever they go to yeah. be able to um, look after people and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, well, and you guys have arranged some, as you just alluded to, some dynamite uh, protection in the Philippines specifically, where you do get army escorts and stuff. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> So, there Jeff, are, when did you start joining the adventure? When did I start joining the adventure? Um, yeah, I I realised that um, it, it's it has always been on my heart to establish to to get people to make a lot of donations, and in Australia, to be able to do that, we need to have um, a, a charity status, so it helps Australians as well. And so by doing that, I thought, well, that's okay. I can establish that, but I've actually got to have some um, um, some some skin in the game and actually uh, know what I'm talking about when I'm doing this. Um, and so Sue said, um, let's go to the Philippines for a week and we'll go with um, David and, and Cynthia Pearson and, and they'll show us what they do. So that's what we did. We went there. We were only there for a week. 
um, went out to some villages and, and saw some pastors and stuff like that. And um, and that was cool. And then I realised, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, so that that was the first one. The uh, that was only a week. And then um, Tanzania was was the next one, wasn't it, Sue? Did I go back to the Philippines? No, Tanzania. Tanzania. I went to Tanzania, and that was outside of my comfort zone to to, to a degree. Um, to a big degree, actually, it was way outside my comfort zone. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was cool. So look, it's been a learning learning curve, and and, and I see I see different needs in different areas from what Sue shows me and tells me and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and that's that's good. That's great. So yeah, that's. Um, that's where it all started. So well. yeah, but you've really the the thing that seems to tug on your heart the most is this this effort to get clean water, uh, and you've really targeted a specific province in the Philippines, and even there, more specifically, you've targeted schools and stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about a what you know why is it that water really is is what you focused on, and and what are you doing about it? Um, I think the reason I focused on water actually goes back to. Uh, Tanzania um, we went into a school we, we only had we didn't have a lot of um, filters but we had it we had some and we went into a school um, I went in with uh, Cynthia um, Pearson and um, I just took a filter in and showed it to the teachers and stuff like that and I said and I said oh hey how many kids you got here they said 865 and I went oh dear I've got one filter 865 kids that really really set me back because i thought this just isn't going to work and um, we went back the next day and gave them another one but from that time on i thought this is where we need to um, assist the people the most this is where you can assist the families the most by by targeting clean water and in, in the philippines in the areas we go in the water for the water for schools it was just um we could see that the families would be getting more benefit out of them having more money in their pockets if they didn't have to buy water for their children and that's what they had to do so that project was established last year um in in an, an island of on the island of eastern Samar. it's the target's 550 schools um and we've gone there three times now um it's it, and what we're doing is we're focusing directly just on the schools. so we just came back about a month ago, there was eight of us went in for a week, actually four days on the ground. We got to 55 schools and we were able to provide clean water to 13,000 children. Now that's that's, where, that's that's an impact. That's what I I just found out so so good. So that that's what that's what I'm I'm pushing. I, everywhere I go, I've got a filter in my pocket unfortunately not right at the moment but <laughs> everywhere i go we had some friends in over from tasmania um uh, they've been overseas and i just jump into marketing mode and pull out a filter and that sort of thing so I'm, I'm very passionate about the water i think that it can it can really make a difference um and to their to their lifestyle and in the philippines uh coke is cheaper than water yeah. to buy so they drink a lot of coke but with this being able to supply them clean water it's 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 the way to go it's just yeah. it is making a big difference so i, th I so, think when uh, we, sorry go ahead uh, sorry. i think when the, the the thing 
about water that, you know, I think it's back to Jeff, both Jeff and I was right back in the beginning. The first time David Pearson came on a trip with us to Uganda and we left a water filter in the school in Kalonga and we came back a year later and they said we've been 75% more attendance at school because of that water filter in the school. And, and then going to Tanzania and going to an orphanage and finding out that they used to take a child to the hospital at least once a week with diarrhea, some sort of dysentery. And they hadn't taken, they'd had the filter for six months and no child had gone to hospital. And then you've got the whole thing in the prisons, that, that prison in um, um, Kenya, where in um, Nakuru, where the women's prison, where the children were in the hospital and the babies were dying in the hospital, and there hasn't been a baby die in the hospital since we put clean water in there. Yeah. And the, in the Philippines, after we did two schools, that was the, they were the only two schools that hadn't had a diarrhea outbreak in the period of time since the filter had been there. So to me, people's health is just transformed and particularly children's health when they're growing and their brains are developing and they're learning to be able to be healthy because they're drinking clean water. It's, 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 it's massive. It's, yeah. it's nation-changing. Nation yeah, and that, that immediate effect of the attendance going up at school is an amazing one. Like the, Because you're getting them clean water, they're getting a better education, which gives them a better future. That's a pretty good domino effect. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you're when you're doing it in the school, Jeff, do you do you have a rough uh, rule of thumb in terms of how many like one filter per so many kids? Do you do one per classroom? What's your general strategy to make it really effective? I'm sure it's adapted over the years. Yeah, it's it has adapted because when we were going in before, we would just uh, go into a school and have two filters with us, and we'd end up those two filters were staying in some schools we might take three not knowing what the classes were size of school or whatever we've now got a, um, a system where we've got people on the ground in, in um, eastern Samar who um, go out and find out how many kids are in the school uh, whether it's got potable water whether it hasn't and 90 percent of the schools don't have potable water with drinking water um, so but and then they they come back with the numbers so when we went in uh, a month ago we knew exactly how many um, schools we were going to and how many kids in each of those schools. So we're basing it on basically um, one per hundred. Mm. Um, it, it, it is working. I mean, we had a school of 23, so they get one. We'll have a school of 130 and they'll get two. So we just do that. We're not targeting the high schools at the moment because we're finding that um, it, it, there's so many children, like, you know, there could be two, 3,000 in a high school. So yeah. you can't put in 20. It's uh, it's just not practical at the moment. So our rule of thumb is one per hundred. So, and do you yeah. do them in a central location like near the near the head office of the school or do you do it in classrooms or what? Um, a lot of the times it's done with the, well, it's always done with the principal and the teachers. Um, the children, aren't, they're normally outside looking in and stuff like that. So we'll do it with, a te with the teachers. One of those teachers will be, um, will, will be taking control of it. So... Um, but they all get to uh, they all get to uh, see how it works, do the maintenance on it, and always always drink the water. When we do this, um, 
I always try and find the worst water I possibly can in the schools and they'll, they'll come back to me and I'll say, oh, where's that water? And I say, it's not dirty enough to chuck a bit of dirt in it, whatever. <laughs> um, and then show the teachers and then I drink the water first, then I pass it on. Um, because you can't just say, oh, here, here's some clean water. It used to be dirty, now it's clean, I'm not going to drink it. I've got my bottle in the backpack. So right. uh, we do that. So it, it's, um, but the water, it, it looks clean, but it's just full of all the bad stuff. And as Sue said before, diarrhea is a huge problem. Keeps the kids away from school because when they have diarrhea, they dehydrate. What are they going to do? They drink water. They drink bad water. It just gets worse. Yeah, it goes around and around. around, around. Yeah. So are you doing a, a certain amount of kind of education on that sort of thing as well? When you're like, do you address the whole school or do you just address some of these key teachers and the principal? Or how do you how do you kind of get that information out there? Most of the information is done to with all the teachers because the schools will only have four or five classes and stuff like that. Mm. Majority of teachers there, the principals are there, um, and it's also done. We have translators as well. So sometimes when they don't understand English too well, we'll let the translators actually do the demonstration. So we are doing that. We also have um, the, the the backup of that is the we have pastors within the areas that go to these schools, they're going back and giving us reports and helping mm-hmm. out. That's um, in its infancy at the moment. We're trying to um, we're, t- we're trying to get it streamlined. I'm working on a manual that's gonna go to the each of these pastors to show them what it is so they can carry it around. So uh, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's how we're trying to get that. Reporting back is their biggest thing, our biggest, it's not a problem, our biggest um, issue, I suppose, to make sure everything's Challenge. happening. Uh, yeah. It's a challenge, so uh, hopefully we'll we won't get a hundred percent success rate. If I can get ninety percent, I'm really really happy. So. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and I, I love your strategy of, of uh, networking with the local pastors because, of course, now you've given them just one more excuse to get in there and build relationship in the school and stuff, and uh, yeah. that's going to yield incredible fruit over the years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, and they're always they always come along with us on either on uh, on the trips we do and stuff like that. So. It's yeah. getting more. That's really exciting. So, how do you? I'm curious. How have you networked with these pastors? Like, what? How has um, your uh, connection in the Philippines developed? Right. Well, it was a matter of uh, finding leaders that that we um, we could work with uh, in Australia to be able to, um, to to source that. Maybe so you could explain that a bit better than what I can. Yeah, well, I guess it started out with um, David and Cynthia going back when they very first started taking water filters in there, and they made they made a connection, and then through that connection, we've made other connections, and it's been it's, it's a process with any of these things. Yeah. It doesn't happen in five minutes. You've actually got to work with people and get to know them and figure out who you can work who works well with you and who you work well with. Yeah. And so yeah. it's really good. So there's, there's a big pastors network in in Eastern Samar, and so we've connected into that pastors network, and so we're working with the leaders of that. So that's been really good. And we're not only working with the pastors; we work with the local mayors, the barangay captains, the you know the state officials, and they're very supportive of us. So like when Jeff went in, they gave gave them a boat to go up the river, I didn't have to pay for boats. You know, they you know, they look after us when we're there. They they coordinated with the army. The army went out with the with with the team just to make sure everything was fine. Um, so it's this 
it's it's working you know with government leaders and with church leaders and so you and you're really into the community and with the education officers and the in the local councils so everybody's really on board and so it makes it really great you know we're really welcome yeah. and uh, they love they love us and we're giving I think the big thing is to give impact nations a reputation that it be, you know hmm. we, we need we need to carry impact nations well there because we carry their, their um their reputation it's quite interesting cha-cha del Cora, who works with us in the philippines amazing amazing lady filipino lady lives in sydney and is just um been brilliant in helping us and, and making all this happen help it make all this happen he yeah. once said at one before one of our journeys of compassion in the philippines he said when you put on your t-shirt you're no longer you you are impact nations and yeah. it's like we we wear a brand and the impact nations brand is so well respected wherever we go and i think that's one of the things i love about being part of impact nations because we don't um do anything that would ever compromise anybody hmm. or bring um we don't it's not about us it's about yeah. who we go to and and i think that that's one of the things i love about impact nations and that's what we're do, trying to do in the Philippines, and I think I think we're doing it quite successfully at the moment. That's awesome, and yeah. you know I, I think that zooming out, just uh, speaking more broadly, that's something we all can be reminded of. In that we represent the King of Kings, we represent a kingdom, and we're not of this earth. Uh, we're just passing through, and every day when we step out of our door, uh, we're representing Jesus Christ as we as we engage with those around us and same idea we've got uh yeah. i mean in one sense he doesn't need us to protect his brand because uh, he he is sovereign and uh yeah. ultimately right. in control but uh at the same time i think he is seeking people who will uh, champion the gospel and represent uh the good 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 news of jesus christ everywhere they go uh, yeah, so. and I think that's who Impact Nations is. I think that's the, why it, it is what it is. Is because not not because it's Impact Nations, but because it represents Jesus, because it represents yeah. the gospel, represents the good news, and the the message has never never changed. The message of, of of who we are in Christ has never changed. It's not never compromised, and yeah. I that's what I love. I love yeah. the the, the integrity of. The, the ministry to the gospel. Yeah. 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 So let me give you an opportunity for two softball plugs here. Um, one, if Jeff, if people have heard what you're saying about uh, clean water and want to, want to get involved, um, even just with their finances, want to be able to contribute towards that. Uh, how many schools did you say you're aiming for? We're looking for 550 schools. So, 550 uh, schools, which represents a lot of children. Yes, it's a lot of children. We we think that it's uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's the official <laughs> number, over, folks. A lot. A million, it's over a million children, I, I believe. So extraordinary. Uh, uh, and the, uh, financially, that goal is big. It's that's over a hundred thousand dollars. I think is that. That's correct. It's over a hundred thousand dollars, and to to date, um, as of um, the end of last month, we've raised half that money. Extraordinary. So that's amazing. By by doing that, we've had to. Um, 
we're, we're buying more filters and we're we're getting out there more so yeah um Amazing. our website um at impact nations australia is uh can be donated to it's it's tax deductible for all australians um and that's that's why we we established it in a way uh and yeah. those yeah. and we do reports on on what we're doing and stuff like that with having um a target in 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 mind we've now established that we've got to go back to the philippines we're going back three times in 2020 in wow. uh june july and september uh straight for school so it's it's a one week four days on the ground it's very very tiring but old guys like me can do it can come along we stay in a, in a very good hotel um and we're out it's in four days and 55 schools was a lot of schools i would like to have that target about the same um what we also do is we also leave filters with um the pastors on the ground or their our lead pastor we're dealing with and then he distributes the the balance of them so uh we took 150 filters with us we uh, distributed a hundred filters to the schools, and so we left 50 with the pastor, who will distribute more to more schools and report back to the schools that we've gone to and stuff like that. So, yeah. big target, but hey, you've got to aim high. Absolutely, no, I, I admire you guys for for <laughs> aiming high, and I mean you've already accomplished so much. It's incredible. Uh, so if people want to get involved, uh, they can head to uh, impactnationsaustralia.org.au. Have I got that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if they want to, uh, that's if they want to give. If they would like to come with you and, and join the adventure, uh, they could just uh, email you, I guess, at info at impactnationsaustralia.org.au. Um, I should say, because we've got an international audience here, so I should also say those who are listening in Canada or the United States or anywhere else in the world, um, you can also, the, the same project is available on the Impact Nations International website at impactnations.com. Uh, and uh, we're partnered with, with these guys, so uh, if you give there, we'll definitely get the funds over to them just the same. Uh, so uh, we're yeah, and they can and look, we 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 don't discriminate against other people in the world, countries in the world. We would <laughs> love to see other people other than Australians <laughs> come sounds, on a trip. So. Sounds good, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So uh, again, you can uh, email info at impactnationsaustralia.org.au to uh, contact Jeff directly, and he can get you hooked up with their next trip. That sounds like there's three opportunities in 2020, so don't miss out on that. But there's another opportunity as well um, for if you want to get in there for more than four days. You guys are cooking up the 2020 Journey of Compassion to the Philippines. Uh, you guys uh, gather a, a contingency from around the world to go and just do the gospel for 12 days uh, in that same area. So what are some? What are the dates of that and what are some of the things people are going to be doing on that trip? You've got me. Um, I think it's a... <laughs> I asked you only because I suddenly couldn't remember either. I'll just check the Impact Nations website. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, I know the guy who writes that website. He should know this sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's really easy to find out what journeys um, Impact Nations are doing. Um, you just go to Impact Nations and you click on journeys and... Indeed. In and, fact, uh, this one, <laughs> and, 
This one, I, I've even created a special shortcut. If you just go to impactnations.com slash Philippines, you'll get there. Uh, it's running from the fifth, uh, sorry, the 16th of February to the 28th of February. That's how many knows. I knew it was to the 20th. I, yeah. I'm going on the 12th. That's why I'm going there here. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a fabulous trip. It's a little different to the other journeys. We don't do medical clinics, mm -hmm. but we go out into the villages. We take water filters and, Everybody gets trained up to do water filters and it's lots of fun. And we take food packages with us and we just go door to door. And we've just had so many amazing testimonies. People that have said, I didn't have any food in my house. You know, I've, I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. And we've arrived with it, the two kilos of rice for them. Um, where people um, say, you know, I know someone else who needs food and we go to their house and then we find out that they are, they're very sick and, and we pray for them and they're totally healed. And, and just seeing the healing and just going from house to house and encountering the people, having spending time talking with them. Um, it sounds like if you were going door to door, maybe in Australia or, or the States, it's, 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 you know, it's a bit daunting because doors are locked, closed, and you've got to knock on them and someone may be polite and maybe not be polite when you come, come to the door. When we go to the Philippines, the doors are open, the people are there, and they're welcoming you in. In fact, they'll come and I'll see you walking down the street, and they'll come out and invite you into their homes. And um, it's it's just a beautiful experience to to meet with them, to talk with them, to share the love of Jesus, to um, and to see what what Jesus wants to do in their lives. It, yeah. it, it's just so we do that day to day and we watch the church get built in each community we go to there's yeah. always salvations um we took our pastors my pastors from my church um with us last year in february and my pastor came back and he said i've led more people to the lord in this last 10 days than i have in the time i've been a pastor i love that that's amazing and, you know <laughs> and, and he was and 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 and, and just seeing what happens in the lives of team members when they can't return from each other? Yeah. I mean, we have a wonderful community around us here now of people that have gone on JOCs, and they're all people that are excited about the gospel. Yeah. They might not have been when they went, but they are now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because it awakens something in them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and but you're seeing amazing out. healings and stuff there as well. Yeah. Um, blind eyes open, deaf ears opening. Um, yeah, you know, people with the usual. Just the, the, just usual. the day to day. <laughs> Uh, and one of the cool things, one of the things I love most about your journeys uh, in the Philippines that you guys lead is just some of the amazing locales that you get. I, we have these amazing photos of you, you know, walking through the jungle, everybody carrying a water filter to the next village or getting on a on this boat and going up the river and stuff like you. You really go where others don't go because it's it's out of the way, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, we do. We we it, 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 it's really special, and we'll go to the hospital, and we're hoping to go to the prison this year. Um, and um, you know, going to the hospital last last time, you know, people got up out of bed that were Come couldn't on. get out of bed. You know, <laughs> so I love just, that. It, it's it's just lovely, and yeah. um, and you know, that it's it's not because wow, look at this healing. It's, well, look at how that life has been changed. Mm. Because we have all the conveniences in the world here. We have wheelchairs. We have 
um, medical support. We have all sorts of support around us. They don't have any of that support. And so if someone can't walk anymore, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing yeah. for them and for their family because there's no help. And when when God heals them, it just it transforms their life. Especially, you know, I love seeing children heal. I love seeing God do something in a child's life because it means the rest of their life is now absolutely transformed. The possibilities for them have just increased immensely. Yeah. And there was one lovely story. This is this is a funny story. There was this man who um, he he was in his bed. He couldn't get off his bed. This is in the Philippines, and we went and we prayed for him. And because his his back was so bad, he couldn't get off his bed. Well, God totally healed him, and he's up dancing. I've got this video of him dancing. It's hilarious. He's doing all this dancing, and that's okay. He's so excited. So we go down the street a bit further, and we do something. We come back, and we're walking along, and he's got up out of bed. He's, he's got up. He's got dressed. And he's gone down to the local bar, and he's sitting in the bar. And as we walk past, the translator hears him telling everybody in the bar, sharing the gospel, Jesus came to my house, you know. And he's healed them. This is what Jesus does. And I've given my life to Jesus. And, and, you know, it's just to me that, you know, immediately he went out and he was evangelizing in the very place where we hadn't actually gone to the bar, but he did. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus will get the word out one way or another, eh? (laughs) That's exactly right. And, you know, we, we don't know the influence we're having until we go back. Yeah. This, this year in Bulgaria, we went into this village we've been to before, and we met these women, and they were so excited to see us, and they brought their children to us who had been, one had had asthma, and the other had had a, ter- a terrible infection on his leg. And that we'd prayed for them, and both of them were totally healed. The little boy with asthma had always had asthma from when he was tiny, and he no longer has asthma. The little boy whose leg was in such a state, I mean, he could have lost his leg. It was badly, badly infected. You can hardly see a scar on his leg. Mm. It's just, you know, and we don't always see that because we don't always go back. Yeah. And to me, that was like a little kiss from heaven Mm. to say, whatever you're doing today, it's got eternal value. And those women just love the Lord. They, you know, they love the look. They love, you know, their their journey with Christ has grown because they've seen and they experienced in their lives yeah. what Jesus can do, hmm. and it's it's exciting. Yeah, it is. I, mean, <laughs> I, I love this job. Yes. All right. So if you want to go play with Jeff and Sue in the Philippines, head to impactnations.com slash Philippines and register today. Registration is open already. So get registered. It's going to be an amazing time in the Philippines in February. Um, Sue, just before we finish up, um, another big role that you have in Impact Nations, as we've alluded to, is uh, overseeing prayer and intercession. And uh, that takes several forms. Uh, You you know, you've got a, a 
team of prayer partners around the world who you're regularly updating with uh, our prayer needs and you contact me in terms of what do, we, what, are, what do we need prayer for here in the office and things like that and what's going on around the world. Um, and then you you do, uh, in front of several journeys, you do what we call a prophetic intercession school where you're teaching how to pray uh, prophetically over a nation and things like that. Um, and you do that in a, in a couple of days leading up to a trip, like on the ground in the nation before a journey begins officially. Uh, and then, of course, just during every single journey, you you prepare uh, scriptures and written out prayers and stuff ahead of time, again, for the team to be praying over this target nation that we're about to bring the gospel to. Um, and I'm, I'm particularly interested to hear a little bit about just how... How's that's developed over the years? What are some of the things you've you've learned about uh, the need for intercession when we're going forth and you know bringing the gospel into one of these nations? Well, I, I guess the biggest thing is is that we want to know what God's planning and what He's doing. Yeah, and the best way to do that is through prayer, is through through intimacy, through relationship with Him. So we don't want to go out and do stuff and say, okay, God, we're going here. Now, please bless it. We want to go, okay, God, what what are you doing? Where are you going? Where are you you right now that you want us to be with you? What what is our our, um, call? And so that's that's the the foundation of it is is praying from that place where you're you're praying in a relationship with the Father to hear what he is doing and partnering with him. And the biggest thing I think I find when what we're doing with Impact Nations is what God taught me when we went to Haiti. I was terrified going to Haiti. Hmm. I'll be honest. I was I was spiritually, I thought, God, I don't know that I'm equipped for this. And, 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 and basically what he said to me, you don't need to be equipped. You just need to listen to what I'm telling you. And you will be. Yeah. And so it's not about how clever you are. It's about how, how well you're listening to me. Hmm. And he taught me on that trip about life words, about getting everybody to find a word of life, a word of blessing to plant in the soil of that nation. Hmm. And and so we started that out and everybody brought their words with us, love or peace or joy or healing or salvation. It was, and everybody listened to God and got their word. And when we brought it all together, and then we found scriptures around that, and then we prayed those in while we were there. And we had the most peaceful journey in, in, a, in a time of such turmoil and such spiritual, physical, I mean, six months after the earthquake, it was, they were in a shocking position as a nation. And yet we were able to go to parts of um, Kenya that even, not Kenya, sorry, Haiti, in, around the city where we were, Port-au-Prince, where even the impact, na- um, impact nations, that's us. Um, what are they United called? Nations. United Nations, that's the ones. That's I knew it was nations. Yeah, they're United a bit bigger nations. than us. It's yeah. what they called their red zones, and they weren't yeah. even going there. They weren't sending anybody there because they didn't think it was safe. And yet we went in with such peace and such safety, and we were able to take the gospel to people that were desperate. I mean, they were really desperate. And we were took medical clinics and everything. And the peace that came in, and I felt really strongly that it was because we came in sowing life. 
we didn't come up against the powers of darkness. They're always there. Yeah. We, wherever we go, they're there. But, you know, that's God's job. Our job is to bring his love, his peace, and his purpose. And so as a prayer um, coordinator in Pack Nations, that's really my, my um, heart cry, is that we bring the life and the love of Jesus, not only in the, in the practical, but in the spiritual, that we are sowing life into everything we do. And so everything I present for Impact Nations, the prayers I write, the, um, the encouragement I bring is always to bring life, always to bring the love of Jesus, always to bring in his compassion and to be praying from that position, that position of being yeah. seated in the new realms of Christ and hearing what his heart, what is your heart for these people? Yeah. And, then, and then releasing, agreeing with him in prayer his heart for the people and allowing him to do the warfare because he's 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 got the angel armies out there yeah now are there times during a during a journey specifically i'm thinking where it becomes apparent that uh the team needs to step up in warfare and to and to pray specifically against a some sort of um spiritual opposition that that you might be facing well yes there are times when that happens but I guess it's how you how you handle that hmm. because um, we go into a nation invited into yeah. a nation, so that gives us some spiritual authority because we've been invited hmm. into Interesting. a nation. Interesting. Yeah. But really, you just want to close down what they're doing. I don't want to take on, you know, principalities and powers over nations. I don't think that that's our mandate. There are groups that have that mandate, but we, that's not our mandate. So to me, I would just be would be binding the work of the enemy at that time, closing it down while we are there, and releasing the power of God to open up those places. And you see, once once the gospel gets a foothold, people can fight for themselves. Once someone get gets the love of Jesus, once once a door is open, once those things of, you know, you bind the strong man, and you, you know. You go in and you plunder his goods. What does yeah. plundering his goods looks like? It's taking away the things that the people have lent into and believed in hmm. without Christ. But when yeah. they've got Christ and they have, and, and it's trusting the Holy Spirit to do his work, Holy Spirit is, is, is all powerful. You just, we just got to open a door for him to come in. And once, once the Holy Spirit is there, he, you know, we have to trust him to do the work that he needs to do in people's lives. He can actually do it without us, but he's really kind. He lets us, you know, yeah. come and do it with him. Yeah. And that it's helpful? a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, that's great. No, that's really helpful. I, th I think it's helpful because sometimes the temptation is to get bogged down in this you know, yeah. uh, warfare type of a thing. And yeah. uh, one of the things that I love what you're saying about coming to bring life and bring joy because sometimes when you're working so hard to come up against some opposite spirit or whatever you it just becomes a i don't know like the there's a great deal of negativity with it instead yeah. of just yeah. you know he came that we might have life and have it to the full so let's focus on that but you see you you want to be able to find the fragrance of jesus wherever you go hmm. because darkness is everywhere and one of one of one because the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light are always advancing. One of them is always advancing. Yeah. So we want to advance the kingdom of light. Yeah. So when you go in 
and this, this you know, this huge darkness. We, we walk, we're walking, running into the darkness. Jesus said we're going to run into the darkness. So mm-hmm. we're running into the darkness. And so you walk into that darkness. Now, I can see the darkness. Where's your fragrance in this crop, Jesus? Where are you? And I want to be that fragrance in that place. I want to bring the light in. So when you turn a light on in a dark room, the darkness disappears. So we want to come in carrying the light. We don't want to be afraid of the darkness. It's there. We're aware of it. But why should we give the enemy all our airtime when we're praying, battling against him? He's laughing because we're, 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 you know, we're like, you know, poking the sticks at something. But if we come in and we worship and we praise and we bring in the love of Christ and we release the life of Christ into that place and we sow his goodness and his mercy and his grace into where we're going, what is the dark? We're bringing the light. So what happens? The darkness has to go. Yeah. And to me, that is the worship is our warfare. Worship and praise are our, that's how, that, this is how we fight our battles. I think there's a song we've written about that, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, and, um, yeah, it's so powerful. And yeah. to me, I think it's one of the big things about impact nations, you know, why it can do what it does, why it can go into the place, why it can go into a maximum security prison in Africa where no other white people have ever been before and be totally safe, where women can go out amongst prisoners. Now, these are maximum security prisoners that are um, male prisoners that are your rapists and your murderers and your all your what the worst of the worst and go in amongst them safely and pray for them and release the love of Jesus and see these men weep before the yeah. God of God and the King of Kings. It's we walk into it, we we bring life. You know, we don't fight against it. But yeah. there we come in with the love and it changes everything. And I think there's a book there about changing everything. Yes. That's something I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's called When Everything Changes by Steve Stewart. Great book. Yeah, absolutely. This is a little plug there, Steve. Very good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this is, I mean, fantastic. Thank you so much both for spending time with us. Um, in our last two minutes here, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know? Jesus loves them. Yeah, I've I've read that in a book somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come to the Philippines with uh, with myself and other other teams. Yeah, do that. Come and join us in the Philippines. Um, come join us. Yeah, some time. Yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> hey, while we were talking, by the way, this just in from Mum. There, at this very moment, uh, Mum and a team of women are. Uh, doing ministry in Kenya, yep. and uh, this is the women's journey where they're gathering people off the streets out of prostitution, forced prostitution, things like that, and just giving them the good news. Uh, I'll just read this. I haven't even read this text yet, but it looks good. Um, did uh, Daughters of Destiny, which is the program of gathering these women off the streets, uh, in two locations, around 100 saved. A woman was so despondent after yet another funeral in her, in her family took her child to the neighbor and had a rope to kill herself a friend called and said you must come there is hope three suicides prevented today that i know about (laughs) so i mean that's a pretty good day eh? (laughs) right yeah man it's a great day yeah Yeah. and all these things like you said sue we 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 never know the ripple effect and the and you know there's so many things going on that we just will never know um 
His news is so good. Awesome. Well, thanks guys so much. Uh, I'm really excited to see what's happening in the Philippines. Uh, thank you for all of your efforts. Uh, man, clean water to that many kids is just incredible. So well done. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of all that God is doing around the world. Thanks. Bless you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. God bless you.